Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back with the lovely Sheeran Phones and Music. If you'd like to be part of the program, give her a call, 602-277-5827. Charles in North Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, like everybody, uh, my tree, one of my trees is uh, looks like it's uh, dead almost. It's a dragon blood tree. Uh, I was hoping to see it uh, 100 feet high in about 200 years. <laughs> but uh, it, it was three and a half feet high last or a couple of weeks ago. Now it's about uh, two feet high. Uh, I put uh, Super Thrive on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any hope for it? Uh, does it have any foliage at all? Yeah, it's got a little green on it uh, on the inside. You know how the, the leaves perk up really high, and uh, now they're all sagging and yellow, most of them. Well, so. you know, the key is it doesn't want to be overwatered mm-hmm. because it's not going to use as much yeah. water minus its foliage. So it doesn't want to stay too wet, but probably on a young tree. Do you have it in a container or in the ground, Charles? Yeah, it's in about a 15-gallon container. Okay, so you probably want to water it instead of watering it every day like it was when it was you know thriving, probably every other day or so. And okay. you might give it a light shot of fertilizer, like miracle Grow or Peter's, just a little balanced fertilizer. Um, not a lot, because it doesn't have the ability to take up a lot, but a light dose would be good. And uh, also, I have a dragon fruit. Uh, and I started growing it last year, and uh, some of it was about seven feet tall. And it all died at the bottom, so I've been trimming it out and putting it back in the ground. So hopefully I'll get that. Yeah, you should be able to uh, save probably some of the tip cuttings and just re- regenerate yeah, those. I I thought it would it would take the 110, 115 degree weather, but I was wrong, I guess. So Well, you know, down in Miami where they grow a lot of it, and they grow quite a bit over in San Diego, um, they have a lot more humidity and not quite that extreme. You know, they, they still get up in the 90s, yeah. but uh, not 118. You know, ideally then, here, Charles, what you'd probably want to do is have it like on an eastern exposure so it gets morning sun and afternoon shade. Yeah, I had about 10 of them that were in the shade uh, facing east, and they're all doing okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's a big so, plus one. Yeah, so, and then I was in Hawaii last year, and I brought back a Plumeria Bird of Paradise, and I've been growing the Hawaiian red ginger in the house. It, it says it shouldn't be over 85 degree heat. Is that true? Well, it's an understory tropical plant, you know, so it it comes from Central America. And, you know, a lot of the gingers won't take our heat. Some will, um, but the ones that flower, the really pretty flowering gingers for the most part, don't really like our dry, hot climate. Now, plumeria is just the opposite. Plumeria will grow here in full sun. They're they're growing like a weed right now. Yeah, plumeria is, they're tough, but uh, the the gingers... (laughs) Shell ginger will do it. Variegated ginger. Those those will both grow outdoors here pretty well. But uh, the other gingers uh, we found just too tropical to have much luck with them here. So I probably should keep it in the house. So. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, and as everybody else is, I had a, a three uh, trunk, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, ficus, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it had never lost a leaf in uh, four le- four years, just about. And it's about five feet high in a in about a forty fifty gallon container, 
and then it fried. So I've been listening to your show, and I put Super Thrive on it, and I also put Monterey Disease Mm -hmm. Control on it yesterday. Yeah, that's that's uh, a good course of action. And it has no leaves, and I've been watering it about twice a week now. Well, Uh, it should bud back from the tips. Oh, okay. And the Monterey Disease Control is a a great idea because it keeps them from having the sooty canker. Yeah, everybody thought it was a plastic or a silk tree <laughs> because it, it was, and uh, now it looks like it's a dead tree. So, well, okay, that, just keep in mind with that soil, you know, twice a week, maybe too often because it's really not using any water. Okay, okay, all right. Thanks, Thanks Charles. a lot. Bye bye. Okay, bye, uh, Keith and Phoenix. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I bought a house in North Phoenix about five years ago. And it's got a, a 60-foot-tall eucalyptus in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And a few months ago, uh, I noticed it started shedding sheets of bark dropping off into the yard. It never did that before, and I don't know why it's doing that. It's because it's a eucalyptus, and that's how they grow. Oh, okay. So it's not like it's dying or something. No, no. They, they shed a lot of bark. You know, eucalyptus have a leaf season. They have a seed season. They have a bark season. So... You know, they're, they're okay. very, you know, there's a lot of different varieties, but uh, they, for the most part, you know, most of the common ones you see around them, 60 feet, it's probably been here for quite a while. And, uh, yeah. but you'll notice that they have two, you know, basically three separate shedding seasons. And they're not the cleanest tree, but they're sure pretty. Yeah. Okay. So then the other thing I'm. Oh, Keith. That I should cut, get that cut down and re- Keith, we, we lost you there for a minute. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you again now. You were breaking up. Go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm halfway to Casa Grande at this point. <laughs> uh, so somebody told me because those trees are so heavy, I should get it cut down and removed. Well, no, Keith. I mean, I enjoy We have huge eucalyptus at our house that are well over 70 feet tall. And they're okay. magnificent on the west side of our house for the shade they provide. And we do prune them yeah. about every third year, you know, kind of prune them back and do selective pruning with a pretty good friend of mine who's an arborist. And uh, that keeps them from shedding large limbs because they can. And certainly if they're okay. close to your house, you would want to prune them so that they don't shed large limbs onto your house. But they're a wonderful tree here and they, they thrive. And, uh, you know, most they're Australian natives, but um, they're, they can be a very beneficial, very useful tree. I, I certainly would not... To discourage one from growing a eucalyptus tree of any kind. It's one of the tallest trees in our neighborhood, so I'm kind of glad that it's there. So. All right, good. All right. I have to get an arborist, though, and get it trimmed. I haven't had it trimmed since I moved in. Well, yeah, and I'd say we, we prune ours about every three years, and ours are on flood irrigation, and, and they're massive, you know. And um, yeah. But they do take some pruning, especially if you have limbs that are overhanging your house or where you're going to park vehicles, something like that. Right. Yeah, there's a couple doing that. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Keith. Bye-bye. Uh, Shireen and Glendale, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm enjoying the morning. Well, I have a blue agave out in the front yard that's just totally collapsed, and the center of it is all rotten. Mm-hmm. So what is causing that? Well, I have another it, one right it's, close it's, to it. it's probably dead, okay? And it could be a couple different things. There's a beetle that has a larva that has a grub that goes in and eats the roots on them. And when the agaves are weakened by the heat stress that we had, um, then they, basically they can be attacked and, and devoured by the beetles. Or 
because a lot of agaves are very tropical species. You know, we have native agaves here in Arizona that grow all over the state. But most of the agaves grow naturally here from about three to 5,000 foot elevation. So they're really not a plant that's accustomed to being in 118 degrees. And if they were just really dry, they could have just come to the heat. But what I would do, especially if you have more shirinas, I would probably go ahead and remove that one. And then I would look and investigate when you remove it, if it's got any grubs or, or boars, you know, feeding on it or, or beetles feeding on it, then I would treat the others in the yard. And what I would do is I would treat them with Talstar, which is just a toxic chemical that we're going to put down. It's going to kill the, the live insects on the outside. And then probably also use a systemic grub control uh, and probably use both types of treatment on the plant at the same time. Cal, is that, is it C, Cal Star? It's Talia, T-A-L, Cal Star. Cal Star, okay. Uh-huh. All right, well, I'll, I'll try that because I got another big one just not right close to it. Well, I don't want that yeah, one to die. It, yeah, and that's the one you treat. The other one's probably already gone, so you'd probably want to remove that one. And then when you do remove it, you know, look for the for the grubs, okay? All righty, thank you very much. Thanks, Shereen. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Paul and Gilbert. But if you'd like to be after Paul, all you got to do is give us a call. We have uh, the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not unusual to see me cry, I want to die. It's not unusual to go out at any time. But when I see you out and about, it's such a crime. If you should ever want to be loved by anyone, it's not unusual, it happens every day. No matter what you say, you'll find it happens all the time. Love will never do what you want to do. Why can't this crazy love be more? Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, a little Tom Jones there for you. Uh, next up, we've got Paul and Gilbert, Terrence and Jan Evan. If you'd like to be up, right in that order after that. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hi, Paul. Uh, yes, I'm in Gilbert and on uh, irrigated uh, property by SRP. And I have uh, 30-year-old deciduous trees, and I found some boreholes in it, and some of my limbs are dying. And so I use the Monterey disease control on them. Uh, that's not going to work on boars. Okay, so what we'd okay. want to treat for boars would be a systemic insecticide, and bear mm-hmm. makes bear makes a lot of them, and you can basically put it around in, before your irrigation, just right around the base of the tree, uh, mix it up in mm-hmm. a five gallon bucket, pour it underneath. It goes through the tree system, and, and it's systemic. Okay, so that makes the mm-hmm. trees toxic to the to boring insects, and. Uh, <laughs> Where can I find that? Uh, you can find it at Whitfield Nursery. Uh, we have it over in Gilbert. Ah. Or you can find okay. it pretty much any other good nursery around. But uh, if you go by and see Jennifer and Gabe and those guys, they can hook you up with it. But it, uh, how does your tree look overall? Um, 
healthy, but I had some limbs break off in the storm, and I noticed it was eating up inside, okay. and I found some holes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so far still healthy. Uh, how much do I use in each one? They're, one of the trunks is so big that I, I put my hands around it. I still got two feet of space between my fingers. Okay. They've been so, there for many years. So you're going to have to give it a pretty heavy dose. When, when you go by the nursery, they'll, they'll show you the product. And mm-hmm. uh, and they can show you how to use it, but you know you're going to put you know probably going to need to buy it by the gallon because it's going to take a pretty good dose to go up through that tree system. And uh, sounds good. You want to put it all around under the drip canopy of the tree because with flood irrigation, those roots would be about as wide as the canopy. And uh, mm-hmm. just mix it up in a five gallon bucket, pour it on just ahead of irrigation. You know, if you would even take a hose and or a sprinkler and just kind of sprinkle it and kind of wash it in the ground first, so it doesn't leach and move at all with the irrigation, it'll go where you want it to be. I, I noticed my Chinese elms and my pine trees don't have any holes. I do them all anyway, or no? I mean, there's different bores. They mostly are going to be in ash trees, and um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and you're going to see more bores and ashes, and and unfortunately, they're pretty hard to ever eliminate. I mean, the next step from there would be getting some little metacaps where you drill a hole in the side of the tree, and you basically mm-hmm. inject it into the side of the tree, and you can do that as well. Oh, okay. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks, Paul. Bye, bye. Uh, Terrence and Tempe. Good morning, Terrence. Uh, good morning, Brian. Uh, I was calling about what I believe to be called a pepper tree, the kind with the uh, white uh, uh, seeds. That like a, Bra- a, Bra- a Brazilian pepper that has kind of a medium-sized green leaf, stays evergreen? Uh, well, it's, it's more of a tree. Well, I mean, the peppers, yeah, there's a Brazilian pepper tree, and the other thing that has little seeds like that is an African sumac with a long, slender leaf. Yeah, well, it's in the shape of a, a, a eucalyptus leaf, but it's a lot smaller. Okay, it's so it's okay. So it, it, then, it, then it's probably a, a, a and, um, African light, sumac. Light brown bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. It's been dying because of the heat, and I've been trying to water it at least once a week, and I believe it's from my uh, carport uh, roof. Mm-hmm. Well, they've had they've had a very rough go the last month, and you know normally sumacs are, are pretty darn tough. We don't even have to think much about them, but this year, um, you know, they've really been hurt by the heat. And I would expect for them to come back, you know, just fine. It wouldn't be a bad idea to go ahead and fertilize it. You know, if you want to do that somewhere over uh, the next month. Time, even though the leaves are brown? Well, yes, because it'll it'll generate new growth. I mean, it really doesn't mind 105 or 110. It just doesn't like day after day of 115 or 20. And especially because they just use up so much water, there's just no moisture left in there. And uh, for most of them that I see around town, people historically have never watered them much at all. And uh, that being said, they, they just were damaged with the heat. But I think that it will come back out. Uh, needs to be deep watered, you know. Weekly's plenty, no more often than that. But some fertilizer will help a lot. You think it would be helpful if I uh, painted the roof right white? Uh, you know, I, I think the tree will come back and protect itself. If you plant, paint it white, it's going to reflect more heat back onto the tree. I mean, the idea of the tree is it shades the roof and cools the house. And normally, they would do a pretty fair job. But, you know, succumbing to the heat is not unusual. And um, so I, I think if you'll just fertilize it and deep water it, you know, once a week is plenty often, no more often than that. And I think it'll pop new growth out right away. 
Okay, because I, I was hesitant to trim the uh, growth in the middle because I trimmed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't prune it at all right now. I would save the pruning for this fall. You can you can come back and reshape it this fall. But what you needed to do is to generate more foliage and protect itself, and then come back to protect your house as well. Okay. Uh, there's one other issue, if I can mention it. Mm-hmm. It's about the invasive uh, yellow pin cushion type. Uh, plant from South Africa. Yeah, the chamomile. Uh huh. And it's just, I had it grown in a small area until I found out what they were uh, regarding news stories, and uh, now the whole backyard's full of them, but they have since dried out, and I tried to pull at least a quarter of the yard out, and I gave up. I thought it might be helpful if I had one of those white snow shovels to just scrape along the ground on the top and try to leave the flowers in place. Well, what you'll want to do, Terrence, is you want to just kind of, if you can, eliminate it all with a you know brush cutter, weed, or however you want to get rid of it. And then to keep it from returning, what you need to do is put down a pre-emergent this fall, and you'd want to put it down in September. And uh, like pendimetha would be a good variety, and we've had great success with it. And just put a put that pendimethylene down everywhere where the seeds were germinating, anywhere you have exposed soil, and water it in. It takes about a half inch of water to activate it or have a rain, and uh, that'll keep it from returning. Okay, because I, I heard of uh, people even burning them, but I thought it created... Well, burning them in your backyard could be a little dangerous. You don't want to lose the house. You know, they, know. They, they burn very hot. So I would, I would cut them and remove them and put down a pre-emergent. Okay, and it's called uh, thermo- Cam- chamomile. No, the uh, oh, the it's pe- pendimethylene. Pendulum is a name brand. A pendulum, methylene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just pendulum. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. And uh, you carry it, or one? We of the do, huh? Stores? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and probably everybody carries it. But you want to you want to put it down in September. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Thanks for the helpful tip. Thanks, Terrence. Bye-bye. Uh, Jana in Tempe. Good morning, Jana. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. Oh, good. I have two questions. When is the best time to plant a Hong Kong orchid tree? You can plant a Hong Kong orchid tree right now. You know, Hong Kong orchids awesome. are one of the trees that just kind of love the heat. And uh, so you can plant it now. You can plant it in the fall. But uh, now is fine. Okay. My other question is, I'm in South Tempe, and my ground is very hard, very clayish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking about planting clover instead of grass. Well, you could plant dichondra. Um, you know, you'll have wild clover comes up. Oxalis will come up, uh, you know, by itself as a weed in the wintertime. But, uh, you know, the fact that you have heavier soil like that actually makes it more efficient to grow Bermuda grass because it retains the moisture. Well, I would have thought so too, but I have no success with any kind of grass. Have you ever tried just laying sod? No. You know, it's a lot easier to plant a nice lawn from sod. And if you want one, okay. depends on how much traffic you're going to have, what variety you might want to plant. Uh, with less less traffic, you'd plant mid-iron or easy turf. Or if you had, you know, a lot of animals or kids or somebody out playing on it, you'd want to go Tifway 419. 
But if you'll, uh, you know, basically clear the ground, have a good sprinkler system set up, put down maybe some gypsum and come back with uh-huh. uh, some like 1620 fertilizer right over the top of your new sod, put it in. It'll take a lot of water to get it started, but you, know, you can back off the water shortly thereafter. And uh, you can have a very nice sod lawn that's very usable here this time of year within two or three weeks ready to play on. Awesome. Thanks, Janet. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Janet and Goodyear. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly. Great. Okay. So I have a new build, and around February we put our landscaping in. Most of it's doing fine. Succulents have all died. But my pygmy palms, um, they're not looking real good at all. They started turning yellow. Now they're brown. A little bit of green in the middle. Janet, they'll Um, come back. They'll, they they'll be okay. They come from Laos and you know, they come from pretty hot country, but they also come from Laos where it's a lot more humid than we have. And they're being, you know, they're acclimating right now to our climate. So if you'll just keep them well watered and well watered for young ones is probably twice a week. And then if you'll okay. fertilize them a little bit right now, they'll pop out more growth and you'll have a decent looking plant there by October. Uh, fertilizer, what what do I use? Because I was told to use uh, miracle Grow near acid. Well, you could, it doesn't matter. I mean, the plants can't read. Uh, just even for, for pygmy date palms, a little 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer would be very good. And uh, it's pretty cheap and very available. And it would be one that would be, you would want to use it in moderation. You don't want to put too much because they're young new plants. But you could put it oh. on regularly. So you could put some on like once a month for the next three months. And if you'll keep them wet, they'll come right back out. Oh, they're wet. They're definitely wet. Okay, well, they like, um, they like wet because they're, they're new. Okay. And, and they're going to okay. need something to feed on because there's nothing in our soil. We have no nitrogen. So they're going to need some okay. food. And, uh, and really, the 20, they're like a 16.84 or 10, 10, 10. All those would be fine. Would just a regular miracle Grow be okay? Regular miracle Grow's fine. You know, it's 1530. Uh, it's a little extra okay. phosphorus, but it, it will work fine. And uh, okay. just not too much at a time, and it'll be fine. So don't trim it. Leave it alone. Well, what you want to do is you don't want to trim off anything that's green, okay? So you could trim off the brown. Right. And you can cut the fronds in half. So you don't have to leave the whole, because oh, a lot yeah. of them have, you know, brown tips on the outside of the fronds. It'd be better to leave the interior portion, which is still green, on, because that's going to photosynthesize and feed the plant still. But if you take off the brown portion on the outside, that's fine. Because there's a lot of brown. Oh, no, I understand. I I, I have some burnt pigmies of my own. So. And, I was about uh, ready to pull them out. No, don't pull them out. They'll come back. So cut. I can cut the brown off. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't have to pull the whole... No, off. and they're probably I, green in the centers, right? They are. One okay. is one is, is, is has a lot more green than the other one. The other one is a little smaller, so it has a little less green, but there is green. Um, so you know, and I'm from Illinois. We just moved here two years ago, so I'm learning all this. Um, and uh, so you well, Janet, it. I, I, I'm from Phoenix, but you know, right here in Sunny Slope, but I'm still learning too. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's yeah, well, hard. All this my, this was a really I, record, you know. Completely extraordinary year. We had the best year I could ever remember in my lifetime from September last year through the end of June. And then it was like somewhere on July 1st, somebody just turned the gas up on the oven, you know. And so it was very unusual to be this hot. But new plants really burnt, but they'll come back out. Okay. Now, will the succulents that have flattened and died, they're No, they've probably succumbed to the heat. 
Yeah, they did. One of them actually looked like it had burn marks on it. It, <laughs> it may have, you know. Out there in the gravel, the, the soil temperature could be 150 degrees. Yeah, I felt so bad. Now, uh, real quick, you said twice a week. How much water should I give? I have a drip system. What, what size uh, plants were they when they were installed? Pretty big. They're pretty decent size. Three feet tall? Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're, they're going to want probably about 20 gallons of water each time you water. 20 gallons twice a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's you know, more than we would normally give them. But they'll respond to that and then combine with the fertilizer because you're leaching the fertilizer out of the ground. There was never anything there anyway. So you got to feed them. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. I, I was hoping that they weren't going to die because I, I felt so bad. They look so sad. Uh, they'll be back. <laughs> Thanks, Janet. Bye-bye. Uh, Thank you. Bye. Uh, next up, we're going to have Rob and Alan. But first, we're going to hear from Troy Barrett here. He's in the studio live with the news. We'll be right back after the news. If you would like to give Sheer a call during the break, you can call her at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. I hear Mary static on my radio. And the tubes, they glow in the dark. still available number to call 602-277-5827-277 ktar robin phoenix good morning hey good morning brian uh, a couple months ago i lost a red push pistache to texas root rot uh-huh. and that was confirmed because i had a pathology report done on the, the root and because uh, I the I had a certified arborist come out and said it could have been either a fungus that killed it or this pathogen. And before I invested the money in replanting another um, um, push pistache, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to really determine what it was. So I have learned that desert dicots are tolerant to this or can tolerate this pathogen. Mm-hmm. The problem is I don't really like any of those to fit into that area where I had this tree that well, died Rob, on me. You can grow an ash tree. An ash tree? Mm-hmm. So you can okay. grow, and, and a couple of the hardier ones, um, Fan West ash is, is a very hardy one, and uh, Raywood ash is a very hardy one. 
and they'll grow if you want that kind of a canopy look and they're worried about ozonium root rot. Um, and that really is the only thing that kills pistachios and uh, that and being over water, which even makes it worse. But but at any, any rate, um, yeah, I would, I would look for one of those varieties if you want that same type of a canopy form and they'll be fine. And if you, if you, if you want to go, you know, the hardiest of all plant plant like an American mesquite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want that. For okay, <laughs> yeah, just a different look. And, I got gotcha. you. And the other thing that uh, I couldn't determine it was mentioned that maybe that root rot came in the container when I got it. No, because the so, tree would have never lived in the container. It wouldn't have made it that long. No, the root rot okay. was in the soil. You know what we used to do is because we, we have to test for that to ship plants to California. So what we used to oh, plant okay. for that for our sample plants were. Uh, Bottle trees, cottonwoods, and elms. So it kills all three of those. <laughs> and uh, okay. but it also is, is very lethal. We didn't have red push pistache back then, but uh, we do now. And really, the the pistache that we lose, I mean, they seem to fare really well in the heat. And the only reason we ever seem to lose them is if it has you know zoning root rot in the soil. And uh, you can okay. also look around your neighborhood and see if you see many. If it's an older neighborhood, see if you see many bottle trees or elms and things around. But no, it's it's pretty yeah. lethal to the pistachios, elms, and bottles. There are a lot of elms, and they're holding up fine. And I and I actually have a three elms about a hundred feet away from this though. And it can, it can be that that regional, you know. And okay. So I'd really recommend the ashes. Okay, cool. All right, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Uh, Alan and Mesa, good morning, Alan. Yeah, good morning. Uh, two things. I was raking while I was waiting, and I've been raking the leaves along close to the oleander roots, so I think that'd be okay, kind of a mulch there. Mm-hmm. And uh, also I've been watering my orange tree every weekend you know for the last few weeks because of the heat and it, it's going down at least six seven inches so i think i'm going deep enough probably alan you probably want to water deeper than that you know ideally you oh. want to get the water on a citrus tree down to a depth of between two and three feet oh okay so i got a couple more hours then yeah just just run it longer weekly is plenty often but you just probably want to. How old is your citrus tree, Alan? Uh, at least close to 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, and, and once the weather breaks, you can water once every two weeks. But, you know, for right now, right. once a week's better when it's real hot and you want to get the water oh. down to about two to three feet depth. Oh, okay then. Well, okay. Have a good day. You right too. Out. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Elaine and Tempe. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Brian. This is probably a continuous heat-related situation, but I'm calling about an Australian bottle brush tree. We planted it five years ago. It's approximately 12 to 15 feet high, and it is watered with a drip system, daily water. The south side of this tree for the last month and a half has been leaves are brown, branches are crispy, but the, the north side of the tree is hanging in there, but now the ends of the branches are getting brown and crispy as well. What can I do to help this tree along? Well, your watering process isn't very good, okay? So okay, I, well, ideally, I ideally that tree should be watered, you know, weekly, especially if it's been in for five oh. years, to a depth okay. of about three or four feet deep in water. So the problem is, is you're, when you're watering with a drip system, and how, how long do you run your drip system for? Uh, 10, 10 minutes in the summer. 
Okay, so 10 minutes on a drip system, even if you have the very biggest to hedge, you're only putting a gallon or two of water on it. Yeah, it's not much. Right, right. so what you want to do is just turn your drip system on, okay, and run it for three or four hours, okay? And the best thing to do would be calibrate your drip system to take your little drip emitter head and put it into like a quart jar, okay? Right. And make sure that you can get, how large in diameter is the trunk of your tree? Oh, not very big. Maybe, maybe six inches. Okay. Well, that's a pretty it's good size tree. Along. Okay. So okay. Any, anyway, that tree is going to need probably about 125 gallons of water. Okay. Okay. Once a week. So calibrate okay. your irrigation system, you know, run that water on it. And then what will help it too is some chelated iron. Okay. So pick up okay. some chelated iron and put some chelated iron on it and water that in. But once a week's plenty often. And what happens, Elaine, is when you run that, you know, you're only putting, say, a gallon of water on it. Um, that gallon right. of water's got salt in it. And every time yeah. that, that tree takes up that water, because it's going to use it all, it's going to take up salt and pushes it out to the outside limbs of the tree and it gets salt burn in the tree. So okay. you might want to the first time just to leach all the salts out of the soil. Go ahead and run your system for maybe like six hours, you know, like double a normal irrigation and push the salts away from the plants. OK. OK, so deep watering once a week rather than the daily drip, mm-hmm. and try to leach out the salt. Yeah, so Got just it. run your drip system for a long time and leach out the salts. Now, should I should I trim the dead branches and leaves off? I would, I, I would leave it first for the next few weeks and see if it doesn't pop yeah. a lot of new foliage on it. You might find that a okay. lot of what you think is dead is still alive. All right, I hope so. All right, thank I, I you too. so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Kirsten in Paradise Valley, good morning. Oh, I, I'm up now. <laughs> You're out there live, Kirsten. How are you? Uh, Hi, good. (laughs) Um, Quick question. Well, maybe I'll have two. Two huge eucalyptus trees. Um, They're doing their shedding thing. Now they're shedding leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to prune them again because I was afraid of the monsoons, but we pruned them a year and a half ago. Okay. And they're great during this last windstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting the people coming out and giving me bids and saying, well, you really should put in this iron thing and this, you know. How does the foliage look? <clears throat> well, so that's the question. Um, so let's see, about two months ago, they looked a little yellow-ish mm-hmm. green. Some of the lower tip leaves have like the veiny look to okay. them. Uh-huh. But now they're looking better. Okay. But uh, and at the top, some are looking kind of dry. But well, and so that's you know, key, my question: key, key Do I need iron, to do these things? Iron iron something you can put on yourself, or you can have a you know arborist or somebody else supply it for you. Either way. And if you're seeing some veining, it's usually probably a good thing. And some eucalyptus species okay. really need more than others, you know. But uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to put some chelated iron. It's certainly not going to hurt anything. And you don't have to pay an arborist to do it. You can do it yourself if you like. Oh. Okay, just spread around the trunk. Yeah, it's liquid. You just area, put it in or, and just yeah, just just mix it liquid like in a sprinkler can and, and spread it all around. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that it is where my sorry, it is where all the lawn is too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, so I don't know if it's getting. Well, your, spring, your, spring, anyway. your sprinklers will take it down. You know, it'll all go down there. Okay. Yeah. There's there's okay, another great. product. So I don't have to there's pay another them. product. You don't have to pay them. You can do it yourself. Eight hundred bucks a piece or whatever they. No, start with. You, you can do it. You can do it for far less yourself if you want to. Okay, perfect. Okay, and then I have two Brazilian tr- pepper trees that look like they're going to die. It's a um, rough year for the, Brazilian pepper trees. 
Okay. And and then the branch has, let's see, like a hole in it. Well, they're really like kind of, of a large it. bush. I mean, they're not really a tree, you know? Oh. And, uh, okay. But Brazilian peppers, the, the iron's not going to hurt them at the same time. Okay. Oh, great. Okay, so I could do that on all of those. Yeah. Oh, there's yay. another, there's okay. another project, uh, product you might get mm-hmm. called Alkalichi. Okay. Okay, and it's basically Alkalichi. iron with acid. And that would be okay. a, a really good way to treat um, those Brazilian peppers. Okay, so all at Home Depot? Well, I, I, or, I, I would suggest you come to Whitfield's because that. I pay for I pay for the show. You know, I, 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 I used to get paid, Kirsten, you know, the first 10 years when I was on the radio, I got I paid. And now I got to pay it. these guys. So, you know, if you support awesome. us and I could be on the radio more. Okay, great. Okay, I will be there. All, All right. right. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got a line open. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfield's. Yes, I do sponsor the program. And yes, we do grow a lot of trees here in Arizona. We're Arizona's largest grower of palm trees. If you need one for your backyard or if you need a thousand for a development, come out and see us. We grow all kinds of citrus, beautiful shade trees like American Mesquite. We have beautiful ironwoods, Palo Verdes. Great time to plant desert trees and palms, and we'll do the digging. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south the Sky Harbor Airport. We grow trees and, you know, fun places in there. Like we have a farm uh, down in Stanfield. We have one up in Taylor. We're in the nice little town of Hyder. We've got things growing at Dayton and Yuma. All for you here in the Valley. Well, or if you're in those other towns, come and see us as well. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Next up, Suzanne and Mesa. Good morning. Good morning. I have a citrus tree question primarily. Mm-hmm. 
The one I'm most concerned with is our baby Lisbon that was just planted April 20th. And it's your smallest size. So is that 15 gallons? Uh-huh. Okay, so that's Lisbon. And I'm thinking about changing his name to Job because <laughs> the high winds knocked off most of his fruit. And now he's got a lot of brown leaves. And my husband's been um, watering more often. And I thought I heard you say more water, but not more frequency. Okay, so Suzanne, uh, is it planted lawn or rock or what's around it? Uh, rock. Okay, is the trunk wrapped? Yeah, it's still got... It's got the plastic wrap on it. Okay, that's good. And, you know, this, this summer was, you know, it was tough. You know, we, we had all that weather back in, in uh, July that was record setting. But it should pop right back out, you know, now. Ideally, probably water the maximum would be twice a week. Okay? Uh, okay. Once a week would probably be okay. If you want to give it a light dose of fertilizer, uh, you can do that now. Okay, but just moderation. If you have Miracle Grow, fine. If you, you have some of our like Organo Pro citrus food, that would be fine too. But a light dose of fertilizer, and I would expect for you to see new foliage popping out in the next two to three weeks. Okay. Okay. Great. But it so just I'm, it just cooked, you know. You know, out there, like even when we plant new groves, we plant them out in their dirt. But when you have that rock, it's even hotter. So there was a lot of July that was probably 150 degrees, and that little tree's yeah. going. What did they do to me? I lost all my buddies. I was growing in the nursery, and but it'll be fine. It'll come back out. And if, if okay. you bought it from us, it's not a problem. Just follow up. If you bought it from the Gilbert store, uh, they're very knowledgeable. Gabe, Jennifer, and the whole crew over there, they'd be happy to help you with it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Suzanne. Bye-bye. Uh, John in North Phoenix. Hi, John. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. You know, I'm going to sneak out of here and go fishing when I'm done, so I'm I'm pretty happy. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like, I'm like many others. I've got uh, bottle trees. That are a big size, probably uh, 14, 16 inch diameter uh, trunks, and uh, they've done they've done well all summer. But in the last two weeks, I'm losing two of them. They're starting to really drop leaves, and and uh, just just need some advice on fertilizer and watering. Well, John, they're going to come back, but don't overwater them. It's kind of critical. Okay, bottle trees oh, don't like okay. to stay wet. All right. They, they're and when we were growing them at the farm in, in Yuma in the sand, uh, our best watering cycle for the summertime was once every 20 days. And they're a tree that can oh. certainly die if they stay too wet. And because they have oh. less foliage, you're going to use less water. Um, next time you water them, if you wanted to fertilize them with a little bit of, uh, if you had some 217, lawn fertilizer, 2020, any of those things would be fine. Go ahead and feed them, and they'll regenerate a lot of foliage. But don't keep them wet or they'll die. Okay. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for calling, John. Bye-bye. Uh, Maria in Phoenix. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Uh, I got a question for you. Hello? Uh, we're here. I'm waiting for your question, okay. Maria. <laughs> I have a beautiful mosquito in the front yard, but it's dying from the top to the bottom. And it got like a lot. Uh, the skin is dry. What how, can I do how, how are you watering it, Maria? Well, I watered it with the sprinklers. Okay, how often? Uh, it's like um, every other day. Okay, that's not a good way to water. So what, It with lawn sprinklers or with? Uh... With the lawn sprinklers. Okay, so it's growing in grass? 
Uh, yes. Okay, so here's what we want to do. Uh, go out to your lawn, take a tuna fish can or a cup, and run your sprinklers till you have an inch of water. Okay? Then shut okay. your sprinklers down and take a, 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 you can just take a screwdriver and stick it in the ground. And as long as the ground's wet, you don't need to water again. Okay? So you're probably watering too frequently, but probably not near deep enough. Okay? So you're gonna, oh. you, you want to go out and run those sprinklers till you have that inch of water. And if it's sloped and the water runs off, Run it till it starts to run off, and then run it again till you get that inch of water. Okay, just, just change the oh, cycle. Okay. But you got to get that much water on it, and for that tree to come back, what you might do right now is just go throw a hose underneath it and let it run overnight. Okay, and that mosquito oh, will pick nice. up all that water and it'll get happy. But you need to check your irrigation on your lawn anyway because you're probably watering way too often and not long enough. Uh, actually, it's not way too often because it's once a day. Yeah, but once a day is way too often, okay? My yard at home, I water once every two weeks. Oh. And my lawn's beautiful, but I use flood irrigation, so it's different, okay? Yeah, it's different. But, 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 but running sprinklers every day is not a good thing. You should never, there's no place in Phoenix, unless you're on top of the mountain in the rock, that you should have to run your sprinklers every day. So you're mm. going to go out and put something to capture the water. Measure an inch of water, shut your sprinklers off, stick a screwdriver in the ground, and then water again. If you'll do that, your tree will come back too. But to help your tree right now, a little extra help because it's been so hot, throw a hose on and just let it run slow underneath the tree overnight. Okay, what can I do with the 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 skin, the, the, the outside of the tree start like peeling up? Well, it's going to shed bark anyway. That's natural for a mesquite tree to do. Maria, I'm going to have to put you on hold. I got to say goodbye, folks. Appreciate all the calls. Hope you enjoyed the program. And, uh, we don't really need a bigger boat. We just need to work a little bit more together, be kind and love each other and just be friends. You know, this is a beautiful country where we're so strong because of our diversity and respecting people with different opinions is how Americans are supposed to be. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.